You know, a lot of us think about as we come to a new year, some of you, I don't know if any of you still make resolutions or not, and if we do, most of us do it just more in fun because we know we won't, they won't last more than a day before we've already broken them and the things that they're gone with. And so I thought I'd do something a little bit different this morning in thinking about uh, what's going on. And rather than think about all the things that you and I might think that we should tell God we're going to do this year and how we're going to work harder this year and be better this year and all those kind of things, I think maybe it's important sometimes for us to pause and to think together about all the things that God wants to do for us and God is doing for us. See, it's important that we never forget that our God loves us so very much and that he has done something for us amazingly, even as we've heard in song, as you've had your songs, as you're reminded through your communion, all the wonders of what God is and what God does for us are found in Christ Jesus as we look at that. And he wants to pour out his heart to us and let us know that and understand that. In the book of Romans in chapter 8, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, we find that God is pouring out his heart to his people. These are words spoken to Christian people. These are words who have experienced Christ as Lord and Savior. And as we go through, as we look at that, we're just going to scan through the chapter together this morning. But as we do that, I want to remind you and challenge you that one of the things you could do this year that would be a good resolution is that you would make a promise to yourself that you're going to read Romans 8 at least once a week all through the year. You need to be reminded how great is God's love for you. You need to be reminded how much he's working in your life and how much he wants you to know the wonder of life in Jesus Christ that all that's been provided for you. In the times that we face, difficult times, times that we face in the victories, whatever it may be, God is there for us and with us. And he wants us to know that and understand that so that we might live the kind of life that can make a difference in the communities we live, in the places that we are, so that we can truly shine the light of God everywhere we are and things that are about that. So I'm gonna, I want to begin by reading Romans 8, just verse 1 to start with. And we're not, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I wish that we would have time for that. But I'm just going to read that first verse to start with. And then just to go through a few things together with you as we look at all the great promises and all the great things that are found here in this wonderful chapter of the book of Romans that we have written to us by the Holy Spirit through the means of Paul, the apostle. I'd like to invite you, if you would, to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. You know it well. Most of you could probably quote it this morning. But just listen again to the great promise that this chapter begins with. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we pause together and as we reflect upon the Word of God and all that it has to say to us, as we allow ourselves to examine and see the wonder of this great passage of Scripture that you've preserved for us, that you have given to us, and give us a reminder by your Holy Spirit to just to dwell within it, to let it saturate us with its truth and with all the promises that it contains for your people. Father, I pray this morning that we would go away from this place encouraged, strengthened, allowing ourselves to, to not be downbeaten or despair, not to look at life and all the things that maybe we wish we had have done, that we didn't get done, the things we shouldn't have done, that we did do, instead of letting those, all those things overwhelm us. Maybe put all that in you. And just this morning, let ourselves be loved by you. Let ourselves be taught by you of how precious we are in your sight and how much you want to bless us in every way that's possible if we would simply surrender ourselves to you and allow you to do that. So, Father, I pray that you take these great truths, speak them into our hearts, and plant them there so that throughout the year we might pick the fruit that is there to help enliven our lives, to enrich our lives, and to help us be the kind of people that make a difference in the world in which we live. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. 
You may be seated. As we look at this great passage, one of the first things that stands out is God's grace. In verses 1 through 8, we, we see already there the, the amazing thing that he says. For he says, therefore, and when he says that, as you well know, he's referring back to what he's spoken in the first part of the, of the book of Romans. And there he's been telling us about justification. He's been telling us how God has taken our sins in Christ Jesus and forgiven us. But not just forgiven us, but that he has justified us. And that word is a word that means that you and I have been made before God as though we never had sinned. That we have been so cleansed by the blood of Christ that when we stand in the presence of God, all God sees is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are justified and we are set free in that. And so he says, because of that, there's no condemnation. You and I live this year and all the days of our life from this point on, we can live with the understanding, I don't need to live under guilt. I don't need to live under the burden of all the things that I've done wrong. There is therefore now no condemnation. I will never be judged by God if my faith is in Jesus Christ. If I have trusted Him as Lord and Savior, if I have allowed myself to be cleansed by His blood, then I can stand free all of my life knowing that I will never face the condemnation of God. Now that's good news. That's a wonderful thing for you and for me to know is that we never have to fear the condemnation of God because Jesus Christ took all of that condemnation upon himself that you and I might never have to face that. And so these first few verses teach us about the grace of God, that God has done something for us so amazing, so marvelous, something that we couldn't do for ourselves, and he did it for us through Jesus Christ. And because of his grace, because of his mercy, we no longer live by the means of the flesh, but now we live by the means of the spirit of the living God, and we are never to be condemned. We can put aside those things that we have done wrong. He's forgiven them. We can put aside those things that we know that we should have done, that we didn't do. He's forgiven that. He see, he forgives as we give our lives to him and he speaks into our hearts. And even when we do sin as Christians, you know, and I know very well, as 1 John tells us, that if we confess our sin, that Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that we don't have to live in the midst of guilt and burden in our life. We don't have to live with always the things as we look back at our life, even as we look back at 2019, so, you know, I should have done this and I should have done that. There were so many things. There were people that I was supposed to have ministered to and I didn't do it. There was just so much in my life that didn't get done that should have been done. And there were so many things that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I did that I shouldn't have done. That's God's now. Put it in His hands. This year starts again with a brand new understanding that we've been forgiven. That we have a brand new way of life. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Lamentations, remember, that His mercies are new. Every morning, every day we can get up with a realization that God's mercy is fresh and it's new and it's abundant and it's for me to experience in the fullness of all that he is and all that is going on as we look and as we understand what he is about and what he does. And then in Romans 9 through 18, he reminds us that we do have a personal relationship with him. That it's not just that we've been saved. It's not just that, that God has done something in our lives to, to give us our foundation of faith and allowed us to be he is, but we are the very children of God. That we have the ability to understand that God himself has chosen to come and dwell within us. That his spirit has taken up a bow within your life and within my life and we are his. In fact, the Bible teaches us in these verses that you and I now by the spirit of the living God can cry out to God, Abba, Father. For he's our God. He's our Father. We know him not simply as a God way out yonder somewhere overseeing the world, but we know him in the intimacy of relationship of children before God. The Bible tells us in the book of John that to those who believe in Him, to them He has given the power, the authority, the right to be the very children of God. 
And even here, he tells us that God's spirit in us helps us to identify with ourselves and with God that we are his, that we do belong to him. And because we do, we can call him father. We can go to him in the way that Jesus did as he taught him to pray, even as you prayed earlier, father, father. We have a unique and wondrous relationship that is ours and only ours who know the Lord Jesus Christ. Not anyone, just anyone can say that. But those who have come to God in Christ, those who have been cleansed by his blood, can speak the truth that he is our Father. And we know him in the wonder of all that is. Now, I wish I could say, and, and you know that it would obviously be a foolish statement for me to say, this year is going to be a year free, there will be no troubles. You're not going to have any heartaches, you're not going to have any problems. It's going to be a, a completely year of nothing going wrong whatsoever. You know? I can't say it, though. <laughs> because it's not true. You and I know that. As Christians, the Bible teaches us that we are in a constant state of spiritual warfare. That it's always going on. Every day, Satan is trying to attack. Every day, he's trying to defeat us and overcome us. So that warfare is going on in our lives. And we're living in that conflict, in that warfare, all right, in the midst of a world that's controlled by evil and sin and the things that are there and the darkness of it. And so we're trying to live in the midst of it as a people of God. But we're still, because of that, we're going to find hardship. We're going to face difficulties. We're not immune from the things of God. It would be nice. If we could say, once we accept Christ, there's never any more problems. And some people come to Christ with that idea, and they become disillusioned quickly and lose their faith because they thought once they accepted Christ, everything's going to be okay. But the Bible teaches us just the contrary. The closer we get to Christ, usually the more conflict there is, the more hardships there become, because Satan works even harder to keep us from being the people that God wants us to be and being a part of that. But the Bible tells us in verse 18 of this, a wonderful truth that you, you need to claim to. Paul says there, I don't even think it's worthy of consideration, all the suffering and all the hardships and all the things I'm dealing with, not even worthy to think about in comparison to what God has prepared for me when I come to know him and Lord and Savior, when I come to the presence of God in heaven and the things that are there. And so Paul looks at that, and we all know the life of Paul, the stonings, the beatings, the jail prison, the times in the sea, all the different things that affected him, all the suffering that he did. And he's saying to us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't even think all of those things are even worth considering compared to what God has for me. And so as we deal with this life this year, as we come to those moments in our life that are difficult, that are hard, when we come to moments that maybe we wonder if we can make it through that day, when we come to the darkness, it seems so prevailing that we don't know if we'll ever see the light again. We can save from our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. These, this is a temporary thing. It's a thing that's going to pass by. Let me read that for you as Paul speaks about it in another place. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. But through our out, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. See, Paul is trying to remind us that, yes, we do suffer. It's real. We live in a real world. We have to face those kind of things. But they are simply temporary. They're just here for a moment. We live in the midst of an understanding that we are eternal because of what God has done in our lives. And we can see more in the temporary than anyone else can see. For we see how it's working in our life and what God is doing in our lives as we seek to understand that and being a part of that. And so he builds that up in our hearts so that we may know that. And he goes on to tell us in the verses 24 and 25 about the hope that we have, that, that we see and that we understand. 
tells us that hope is not always something that we can see. Because if we see it, it's not hope anymore. It's, it's just there. But our hope is in Christ Jesus, the living hope, according to Peter. And we understand that and realize that as we have and see that God is doing those things. So with all that in mind, I want to leave four amazing truths for us to challenge, be challenged by or to remember this year as we move into 2020 and as we go throughout the year as a people of God trying to be all that God has. Four things that I think stand out in here that should encourage your heart and my heart, should allow us to, to find strength when we need it the most, should allow us, and no matter what's going on in our life, to be able to pull ourselves up and recognize that God's at work in my life and helping me through this and I can trust him in all the things that are there as we look and as we understand. So the first one is found in verses 26 and 27 and then again in verse 34. And there it tells us that God prays for us. I want you to remember this year, no matter what's going on, that God daily is praying for you. It's an amazing thing to think about God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, is interceding on our behalf. And Jesus Christ is praying for us. We look in John chapter 17 and we see His high priestly prayer. And there we find that Jesus prayed for His disciples. He prayed for what was going on in their life and the things that were going on. But He also prayed for you and me. If we would continue to read through John 17, there would be verses there that we could read our own name into place. That God says, for those who will receive me in the days to come, I already pray for them. The Bible tells us in this passage in Romans that Jesus Christ is ever interceding for us. That he's on the right hand of God interceding for you. And for me, every single day, God prays for you by name. He knows you by name. He's praying for you. And all that's going on, he's lifting you up. And he's also helping us to pray. Teaching us how to pray so that we can be faithful to him and we can commune with him. What a joy it is when we're able to talk with our Father. And to know that he listens, that he cares about what's going on. And in those times in our lives that are so hard and, and so difficult. And I wonder, I don't even know what I can say. I don't know how to deal with what I'm dealing with. This scripture reminds me that the very Holy Spirit of the living God that dwells within me takes the very utterings of my heart and carries them to the Father. So that he knows exactly what I need and how I need to respond in the things that are going on. Because he's praying with me, he's praying through me, and he's praying and he's listening and communing with me as he prays for me. All the wonderful, what a wonderful thing to know. Every day this year, it's always been true, but just as a reminder, every day this year, you ought to remind yourself, my Lord Jesus Christ is praying for me today. He's praying for me in the things that are going on, in the things in my life. He's lifting me up before the Father. He's calling my name before him. And he's praying for me. What a, what a great truth that he's praying for each of us. And he's praying some specific things for us. As we look and as we see in verses 28 through 30, those verses that we know so well that many of us quote and talk about Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. Sorrowfully, we quit there too often. And that's not what it's all about. We need to keep going because it tells us what those purposes are, what it is that he's doing in our life. See, as he's working together all those things that are happening in our lives, he's doing it for a purpose. And that is that we'd be more like Jesus. Everything that's going on in your life and everything that's going on in my life, God is able to use to help us become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. Now the passage doesn't say, as you well know, it doesn't say everything that happens to us is good. It doesn't say that, that God is, is, brings only good into our life. It simply says that God is able to take everything that happens in our life, the good, the bad, all that it is, he's able to take every single part of it and he's able to use that in some way to make a great tapestry of beauty in your life and in my life because he can bring something good out of anything. 
Now, not what happened necessarily is good, but what can come from it is something that he can do that makes something good. And that's what he wants us to understand. What's the good that he's going to do? Well, the good that he's going to do, folks, is that you and I, every day of our life, have the privilege to know that God's busy working in your heart and in my heart to help us be more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants to bring out his love in us. He wants to bring out his patience in us. He wants to bring out the character of Christ Jesus in us. He wants us to be kind, patient, loving, forgiving, generous, all those things that are Christ. He wants to bring those out in our life, those things that we call the fruit of the Spirit. All those are to be lived out in our life, and that's what he's using every event of our life, every relationship, everything in our life is being used to make us just a little bit more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a great thing to know that this year, each day, not only is he praying for us, but that he's praying for his purposes and his will to be accomplished in our life and that we might be more like Jesus Christ all the time so that we can know that he doesn't give up on us. Philippians 1, 6 says, that which he began, he will complete. Well, that's good news to me. I don't know about you. I've started lots of projects in my life that never got finished. I mean, they're still waiting to be finished. and Just to be honest, they never will be finished. But God said, what I begin, I finish. When I start a good work, I'm going to bring it to a completion. And so what the Bible is saying to us is that he's working on us. He's helping us to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And he's not going to give up on us. There's not going to come a day in our life when he said, I've tried and I've tried. I've done all I know how to do with you. And you refuse to be the person I've called you to be. I'm through with you. He's never going to do that. He's never going to do that. He's going to continue to work in your life and in my life until he brings us to that place that we are what he wants us to be. Now, ultimately, that means heaven. When we're no more sin, when nothing is all that it needs to be. But he's going to keep on working even while we're here to help us be a little better, a little more as we go and be a part of the things that are there. So he is praying for us. He loves us in a very way. And I want you to understand the next verses remind us that he is, he's on your side. He's for you. The Bible says in this chapter, if God is for you, who can be against you? And how do I know that's true? Well, it says, if God didn't even spare his own son, but gave him to die for you and for me, that's how I know he's on my side. Christ died for me. God sent him purposely to die for you, to die for me, to pay the price that we could not pay, to do for us what we could not do, as we mentioned earlier about grace. He is on our side. And if he's on our side, then no matter what we face, we know that we can be the victor. We know that we can win the battle. When I was growing up, I loved to read the Hardy Boy Mysteries. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of them. But when I was a child, I, I loved to read them. I read all of them that I could read, most of them several times. And, and it would seem, when I was reading, especially if it was a new one, it would always seem like when I'd get to a place where uh, the Hardy Boys were in some kind of a fix where they were just about to maybe lose their life or whatever. I mean, it was really frightening. It was almost over for them. It, the end was there. And then something would happen, and I'd have to quit reading and put the book up. And I, you know, that, they were in mess. And I, I didn't know whether they were going to survive. But I found out that if I would turn to the end of the book, <laughs> if they were still talked about in the end of the book, then I figured out that the, somehow they got out of whatever it was because they're still here. Well, see, that's what revelation is for you and for me. The Bible is telling us that in the end, we're going to win. There's going to be some days that are hard. There's going to be some days that we don't know whether we're going to make it through those days. We don't see all the solutions. We don't know all the answers. We don't know all the whys. But we can stand together in faith and say we are the victors. We have won the battle in Jesus Christ. And we shall be the victors for all time. And that's what he wants to remind us. He's on our side. 
He's with us. And we, through him, have gained the victory that is there. And finally, he says in the last verses of the Bible that you and I can be certain every day of our life that we cannot be separated from the love of God. Can you imagine that? That nothing can separate us from his love. Not life. And that's a pretty big thing there because life gets in the way of a lot of us. Living, trying to make it through each day sometimes causes us to lose sight of God's love for us. We begin to feel self-pity and look at ourselves and all the problems that we have and all the things that are going on, and we wonder, where's God in the midst of this? In death, it can't separate us, not principalities, not powers, not things above the earth, under the earth, on the earth. There is absolutely nothing, the Bible says, that can separate us from God's love. See, God will never stop loving you no matter what happens in your life. You and I could stand before God today, and we could say to God, I'm never going to serve you again. I'm never going to offer my love to you. I'm never going to pray to you. I'm going to do everything I can against you. And though it would break the heart of our Father, he would simply say to us, but you can't keep me from loving you. I will never cease to love you. What an amazing truth that is. What, how good that would feel if some of us could say that to one another. If some of us could say it in our families and things that were there, that no matter what you do, no matter what you become, I will never cease to love you. God has said it. Your father tells you that every day. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me, you from my love. I love you. I demonstrated my love to you even that while you were yet my enemy, Christ died on the cross for you. I love you and I will never cease to love you. Wow. If you and I as God's people this year could just keep those truths in mind that we don't face condemnation because of the grace of God, not because of anything we've done or anything we deserve, but by God's grace, we have been set free when we trust Him as Lord and Savior of our life and we face no condemnation, but we have forgiveness every day of our life. If we could just remember that His Holy Spirit is at work in our lives and He lives within us, we're the very house of God. And he dwells within us and we can call him Father every single day. We can go to him, we can speak to him, we can have intimate relationship of communion with him and just talk and he'll listen as long as we want to visit with him. And the wonder of that is, I, I don't understand it, but he can hear me pray even when millions of other people are praying as though I'm the only one praying. He knows my heart, he understands, he knows my name. We could just understand this year that he's at work in our lives to shape us into the things that God wants us to be so that we would understand that he's praying for us. He's using every event of our life, every relationship of our life, every moment of our life to somehow work out his purpose and his plan for us. He's on our side. No matter who we go against, he's on our side. We're the victor. In the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, we can live every day. I can wake up every single morning, no matter how bad I've been. I can wake up and know, God loves me. God loves me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I just wanted to offer those words of encouragement to you, to myself. As we think about this new year and the things that are there, we can make all kinds of resolutions, we can do all kinds of things about what we should do and what we shouldn't do and all those kinds of things. But we're human and even though we're Christians and even though we're doing the best that we can to serve the Lord, we're going to fall short again and again. But he's not. He's never going to quit being faithful. 
He's never going to quit loving you. He's never going to quit forgiving you. He's never going to quit ministering to you and serving you. He's never going to quit being your father. And if you'll let him throughout this year, day by day, moment by moment, because that's all that we know that we have, but if you'll let him, he will speak into your heart his peace, his joy, his love, his kindness, his patience. And he will remind you over and over and over again, you're my child and I love you. Would you let him do that? Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we think about these verses and the things that are there in, in this great chapter in Romans chapter 8 that you've given us, Father, I just pray that you would take it and that you would allow it to speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us with it, that you would challenge us with it. And Father, if there's someone here this morning that, that doesn't know that to be true in their own life because they've never had a personal relationship with you, they've never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life, then I pray this morning would be the time that they would understand that you love them so much that you've prepared a place for them and you've given a, a means by which they can come to you through Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And they could give their life to you and they can have that understanding of that relationship as father and child. And I pray that that would be true. Father, whatever our needs are this morning, maybe some are discouraged, maybe some have had a really a rough last few weeks or even last year or years. But somehow this morning, I pray that you could speak into them a new hope, a new confidence, a new peace, that you're on their side, and that you love them, and that you're going to be with them not only this day, but in every day in the days that we face. As long as you allow us to draw breath, you'll be there loving us, working in our hearts, being on our side, praying for us, and guiding us in all that we do. May we claim those promises to be true. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.